Yeah! Hello! Bem-vindo! Welcome to Soccer Dads. I am Steve Serralheiro. Uh, Fabio will not be here for this episode. He's stuck in Maryland because his kid's trying to live dreams of being a soccer player. Pfft, dreams. Come on. Um, so I will be doing this show solo. Don't know how it's going to go, but uh, I feel like a crazy person talking to him by myself. But let's have some fun, huh? Let's have some fun. AFC Championship is on. Don't care about that. Go Niners. So um, we wanted to cover uh, a few topics. Fabio thought of some cool ones. A favorite assists and a most intelligent player. Um, I thought of maybe talking about Befica Sporting because that was the Lisbon Derby that just happened. Befica's now seven points ahead because of that big win. And uh, we actually had a topic that a listener wanted to discuss. And it was the Portugal 04-06 team compared to the Portugal team of now. So I thought that was a juicy one. Sucks Fabi's not here to do, uh, to have somebody to feed off because my mouth's already watering just thinking about that topic. So um, it's probably going to be a short episode just because I have nobody to feed off of. And, you know, it's kind of difficult with one person. So uh, favorite assists, here are some of mine. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of favorite assists. I remember, I remember one from... One that really comes off the top of my head is uh, AC Milan, Ricosta de Shevchenko, through ball for this um, Coppa Italia. Uh, I believe it was against Udinese where he, was it Udinese or Fiorentina? But he did a slice through ball right before the half, and Shevchenko was before the halfway line and uh, sliced the defense wide open for Shevchenko had a one-on-one with the goalie. That one to me was uh, a beautiful assist. You could YouTube that one. But I'm going to try to put some of uh, the assists that I'm talking about on our Facebook page so you have an idea how delicious they look. And how amazing they are. But that's one that came off the top of my head right away when Fabio wanted to discuss this one. Uh, Ruben Amorim threw ball to Rodrigo and the UEFA Cup uh, against Tottenham where we beat Tottenham in London 3-1 where we won um, the trouble that year. After the, the year before, we lost everything in 10 days and I lost a year of my life. Um, that was a beautiful through ball. Ruben Amorim. Also had another assist to Luis off the corner kick. And uh, Ruben and Marie also just beat Porto uh, in Dragão with Braga. So that was a big win for, for him and for Befica. And um, we'll be talking about that later. Uh, my other assist is, uh, I mean, obviously I got to do my boy again. Gosh, the second assist. That game, the England-Portugal Euro 2000 game, which was one of the best games I remember watching. And paying pay-per-view, remember that, uh, $25 just to watch that match. And my dad was like, fuck it, let's do it. And we're down 2-0. And my dad was like, nah, this is just shots to, on target. I'm like, dad, that says goals. And we came back. And But Rogoz had two assists. He had that cross where Portugal, I think, had 10 consecutive passes where they're just build up play. Because the Euro, 2000, uh, Euro 2000 Portugal team was all about that possession, passing the ball around. Um that defense was beautiful too. The the partnership with George Costa and Fernando Cot only suffered two goals that whole tournament until they met uh, with France in the semifinal. Um, but that the the pass for Nuno Gomes scores the the leading goal after to, to complete the comeback where Ricosta was running with the ball and then he has um, the Sol Campbell and Paul Scholes putting pressure on him. and as he's falling he has two guy the two man marking him slide tackling him at the same time and he sends a ball right to Nuno Gomes. At Tony Adams closing in the lane, and Nun Gomes f- finishes it with class. That was a great one. 
And not a lot of people in this last one I put, I mean, I could have kept going, honestly, but I just wanted to keep it short. And, you know, I knew Fabio was going to be here <clears throat> and I'm sure he had some. So, but one, and like, this guy never got credit and he wore my number 14, uh, Guti. If anybody remembers Guti, everybody talks about the Galactics. Nobody really ever talks about Guti, the man, the, the guy who came up the ranks for Real Madrid, who was just incredible vision. Um, Hard to find a team, uh, hard to find space in the team when you have Zidane and a bunch of Galacticos, but he would find space sometimes. And But he had this one beautiful pass, and um, Real Madrid had just finished crossing it, and he's looking at the sideline, and he does a back heel pass through like five defenders and slices them. I'm talking about like he's not even like literally, he's literally looking at the coach, uh, at the coach, um, at the bench, and he does a back heel pass. I think it was Kashkaroz at the time. He's looking at Kashkaroz, making eye contact, and does like a through ball. And Zidane finishes it, and it was the beautiful assist. And I'll be posting these uh, just so you get an idea uh, how beautiful they were. Um, so next topic, most intelligent. So this one, this topic is hard to do because it's like most intelligent. Like Fabio did have a good point. He's like, oh, you could most intelligent could be different for how you see it and I see it. And then like, yeah, you're right. But it's very broad. So it's like I could say um, Steven Gerrard was intelligent because how he would read plays and stop an attack and then give you a long ball from fucking 40 yards out. You know, it's um, Trent Alexander-Arnold's intelligent for that quick through ball to make it 4-0 with the Origi. Origi! So, um, but here's a couple of players I I put. Um Shabi and Pirlo. Shabi and Pirlo were running like some of the only few midfielders I can remember that I've seen that would control the middle. They wouldn't have to run much, kind of like Busquets, and so intelligent. They won. They won everything wherever they played. Um, I mean, they're two completely different players, but their vision. Uh, Shabi's goal against Luton Town from fucking midfield uh, before midfield where the goalkeeper came out there Liverpool was up 4-3 in the FA Cup and you know he he did a nice little touch where he beats the keeper cuz he knew the keeper didn't have a defensive uh style as like uh any center back that was playing especially if you're playing for Luton Town um and he just did like a nice beautiful touch touched it to the right and kicked it with his left low grounder it wasn't at, like Suarez against Norwich but if you didn't see that one you should definitely YouTube that but I'll be YouTubing these like I said before I'll be posting them um Mark Viduka. Not a lot of people remember Mark Viduka. Mark Viduka, who was not fast at all, he actually looked like he worked at like Home Depot, Australian, Aussie, 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 oi, 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 goal scorer. Scored every goals everywhere he went, from Dinam Zagreb to Celtic to when he made the move to Leeds United. Um, he just had the intelligence to always find space to score, and the way he would score too it would be. Chips, uh, t for me, my favorite goals are the ones that Tara Henry would always score, like Arsenal, the, with Arsenal, with those low-grounded passes into the back of the net, you know, just no goalie could get that. Mark Viduka would always just find space. I mean, semifinals with Leeds United, although Leeds United was stacked with Alan Smith as his uh, partner, Rio Ferdinand, uh, Ian Hart, Oliver de Kurt, Lee Boyer, so that team was also stacked, but Mark Viduka is just a player that came into mind, and he also... Yeah, with Middlesbrough, too. I mean, UEFA Cup final with Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, come on. And then they got spanked by Danny Alves, Sevilla. But that that was a player I th uh, that came up to my mind. And um, last for me, again, there were so many I wanted to put. God, the, the header between Heinz and I believe it was, I don't know if it was Vidic or Rio Ferdinand, that header where he headed the ball between 
those two and they collide and then he just passes it into the net the year where AC Milan had to start all the way in the preliminary rounds of the Champions League because they were caught with uh, cheating. So they And they start with minus six, I believe, points of the Serie A and they started all the way from the beginning of preliminary rounds and ended up winning the Champions League that year, which is really, really freaking impressive. Uh, last player is uh, Fernand Cotto. Uh, Fernand Cotto, man. That legend. Uh, especially in the Italian uh, game. Serie A with Lazio, UEFA Cup with Parma. I mean, Coppa Italia. He just played with Barcelona. Cup Winners Cup, La Liga with Barcelona. Um, why I said he, he he's intelligent because the he played at the highest level till he was 39. My man was captaining Parma at 39 years old, still playing, and it's just it's the way he he played center back. It's just he was just so intelligent where he wouldn't have to run much you know what I mean like he knew how to close up space um example if you had uh Sergio Conceição trying to break him going out wide he he knew how to cut that space you know what I mean like the angling sometimes you sometimes you'll watch like players not not on the professional level but if you're watching like college ball you know a guy will just run straight when he could just honestly just run at an angle you know if the run right wing is going to go to the box or cut into the box, you know, if you just keep cutting that angle instead of just, like, running after him, you could get him. Fernando Cotto was one of those guys that just intelligent. Um, kind of reminds me of Bruno Alves now, 39 years old, playing for Parma, captaining Parma. So, uh, for me, those are some of my intelligent players. So, let's move forward. Um, Befica Sporting. <sighs> that was actually a game I was not so worried about. I mean, I was. You're always worried about Derby Day, you know, but Benfica has a thing of the last few years just dominating Sporting, and um, Sporting, they had a, a good 15 minutes to, in the first half, the last 15 minutes, you know, but they, they hit the post, Rafael Camacho, Ferro was in no man's land with that one pass, over uh, the overhead pass uh, from Bruno Fernandes, and um, Camacho at the post, um, but other than that, I mean, Sporting looked good in the second half after the flares calmed down, and Befica were just, like, confused after all the flares that had happened and been thrown to the ground. So, after that, though, Befica, the last 15, 20 minutes of the second half, I, I thought dominated. They played really well. Uh, Lodge did a really did a really great job with the subs. I mean, he saved Rafa. Rafa had come in just one minute for the Tassa Portugal game. Saved Rafa purposely for this game. He came in, he scored two goals. Seferovic, um... Had the assist, so two goals and one assist from your two subs. I mean, that's a pretty good move from Brun Lodge. He definitely, um, definitely ranked up on FIFA for that one. Um, Blata had a header too. Odiseish saves. Um, I don't know. I just, for me, we know that Sporting, Sporting is considered the third big team of Portugal but I mean if you got two championships in 34 years I mean how how long can you be considered one of the big three you know I, I, more and more I just think Portugal is becoming a, a two-horse race you know I don't think there's a big three anymore especially if you just win two in 34 years and then you have to make up four championships because you're not winning any so uh, I would take Acuna though in a heartbeat for Befica Acuna and Wendell but Acuna I mean we got Grimaldo but Acuna is just something about Acuna, I just like his heart. He's got a lot of heart. Do, you, uh, do I think the league is over? That's a question I want to ask Fabio. 
But uh, the Liga is not over. Uh, even if I, I don't know, if we we have a couple games until we play Porto and Dragão. If you beat Porto and then Dragão, then you're up ten points. But then we gotta play Maritimo away. We gotta play Fortaleza two ball away. We gotta play Portimonense away. We always have problems with uh, Famalicão away. Guimarães at home, Braga at home. I don't know. It's just it's still too early. And then we still play Sport at home the last game of the season. But ten points. Oh, it does sound good. Double digits. It's the first time in a long time that I could actually we're actually not coming back from behind to win the title. I mean that's it's beautiful. But I'm just still keeping my feet on the ground. Like I said before, I remember the year where we lost three three uh, three titles in ten days. So I keep my feet on the ground. Um. <clears throat> Next topic. God, I wish he was here for this. All right, so Portugal 406 squad compared to Portugal now. Listen, man, that 0406 always has a special place in my heart. Maybe, I don't know. That 2000 team also was nice. But that 2000 team had like Dimas and, you know, guys that barely ever played for their clubs, but still. Did a long, did a great run, semifinals, uh, unlucky handball in year two thousand. Uh, I cried myself to sleep that night. So, Portugal squad from oh four oh six. All right, so oh four, we had Ricardo Guimureira, Paul Ferreira, Rui Jorge, solid left back, beautiful cross, not a starter though for the national team. Jorge Andrade, pff, beast. Fernando Cut already at 34. Miguel, probably the best right back in, in the world at that time. Nun Valiant, 29. Still killed it. Beto, solid center back for Sporting. Always looked like he had smoked two joints before every game. Ricardo Carvalho. Beckenbauer, Portuguese. I love Ricardo Carvalho. Even if he played for the blue and white. Costinha. Luis Figo. Petit. Oh, God, I hate Petit. Rui Costa, my man. Manish, that was my boy, Benfica. Tiago, also my boy. Deco, number 10, fit with two pads. Paleta, leading goal scorer of all time, leading goal scorer of PSG and G before Zlatan uh, beat that record. Always got it in for PSG and against the small teams for uh, in qualifying for Portugal, but never gets the big ones, especially in the 2006 World Cup. I thought when he scored that first game against Angola, I was like, yeah, it's going to be his World Cup. And then after that, he never scored again. Then you had Simão, 24 years old. Cristiano at 19, just coming up the ranks. Nuno Gomes, or Nuno Golos, and Elder Pestiga. But Elder Pestiga, that England game, Euro 2004, man, came in, got the header, got the header uh, to, to tie up the game from a Simão cross, and that chip, uh, the chip PK. And then 06, Moreira got out. Sorry, I'm sniffling. Um... <clears throat> I don't know if I'm getting sick. Uh, no, I'm getting into cocaine. Uh, Paul Sanch. Mark Canada. Paul Sanch came in for for Moreira. Uh, Mark Canada came in, I guess, for Rui George. No more George Andrade because George Andrade, unfortunately, had to cut his career short because he broke his kneecap when he made the move to Juventus. Really unfortunate because he was a phenomenal center back who played for the Amadora boys before going to Porto. Barro. Uh, Ricardo Costa. <laughs> nah, he was good. He was all right. He was all right. He was all right. Uh, Fernand Meira, captain of Stuttgart, won the Bundesliga with Stuttgart. He was a beast. Ugg Vienna, gold, um, young player of the year when he was at Sporting, but then he was already at Valencia at this time. And Luis Boa Mart. 
All right, now that's that team. Um, now let's compare to the 2016 you got Rui Patricio, Anthony Lopes, Eduardo. This is the 2016 team. Bruno Alves, Pep, Zé Fonte, Guerreiro, Ricardo Carvalho, Eliseu, Cedric, João Moutinho, João Mário, Vieirinha, Danilo, William Carvalho, André Gomes, Renato Sanchez, Golden Boy, Rafa, Adrian Silva, and then forward, CR7, Eder, Nani, Koresma. And then I just scrapped the, um, the roster for the UEFA uh, United uh, Nations League or whatever. And uh, the only difference from that squad was Beto was in for Anthony Lopes, José Sá was for Eduardo, uh, João Concelo, Máquina, um, Mario Rui, Nelson Smedo. Um, it's really hard, man. You got João Concelo and you got Smedo. No space for Ricardo uh, Pereira, and he's a monster. Um, Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes, Gonçalo Guedes, Ruben Neves, Pizzi, João, give me the money, Felix, Diogo Jota, and Diego Sosa. That's a big whoop with Diogo Sosa. Um, I mean, on paper, if you look at it, all these guys are pretty much playing in uh, some of the best clubs in most of the squad, and the current squad is playing for the, some of the big teams in Europe. They're all playing outside of Portugal, most of these, uh, most of these players. Um... And then you got the Portugal squad of 04, where, you know, most of them were playing domestically. And, uh, you know, Ugviano wasn't really starting at, at Valencia. He would, I mean, he would play, but Marcarita was was playing for Valencia. Uh, man. The thing is, all right, so this is what I wrote. <clears throat> the 04 and 06 squad, this is what I loved about the 04 06 squad. They were so, they played fantastic football. Scolari had been playing some of the best soccer. I mean, I. Obviously, that first game against Greece in the group, so you remember uh, the second game. We lo we lost the first game 1-0 against Greece, and the second game, he had, he made the changes. He took out the old guys, um, and he put uh, he put Dequin for Ricosta. You know, just won the Champions League, common sense. Uh, Ricard Carvalho for Fernand Cot. Come on. Cot uh, was already, you know, Ricosta because he still played, but not a start anymore, unfortunately, at the time. And you had... Deco, I mean, Deco was a beast. The end of the match for the Champions League against Monaco. Yeah, Ricard Cavalho, who dons the Beckenbauer nickname. And just won the Champions League also for Porto. Um, they played some of the best attractive soccer I remember. More attractive than the 2000 team. The 2000 team was more about possession and waiting for this, waiting to get that space. They wouldn't care if they had to pass the ball back or pass it 30 times. You know what I mean? They would just pass the ball around. They were, they were great at that. This team was more... High press, high pressure, uh, great ball movement. And, and the squad, most of them played with each other at Porto, you know. And then you throw in um, Simão, you throw in the Luis Figo, and then so Ronaldo started showing up and coming in as a super sub and starting. Um, the duplo of Jorge Andrade at the time who was killing it for Deportivo, a strong Deportivo side, the side that would go into the quarterfinals, semifinals of the Champions League at this time, you know, with Manuel Pablo, uh, Fran, uh, um share uh, Mackay, the, the, that team at that time, they had just won the, the championship a few years back with Paulette there. Um, it was just more attractive soccer than the Fernando Santos soccer uh, of now because, you know, Fernando Santos did do the magic of making Greece actually go in his first knockout stages with Greece um, in the 2010 World Cup, first time ever, but it was the most boring soccer, the kind of soccer that Greece played. When they beat all the powerhouses and the hosts of, of the Euros to win the Euro 2004. 
Got nothing against that. I mean, they'd play their soccer and that lifted the trophy. We did the same thing. Uh, Euro 2016, played unattractive soccer, but we lifted the fucking trophy. If you told me, hey, you're going to play like shit, but you're going to win the, you're gonna win the Euro, <laughs> do the same thing for the World Cup. I'll take it in a heartbeat, you know? All those times that we should have won the Euro. <laughs> 86, 2000, 2004. I mean, fuck it. I'll take it. Um, noon go- All right, but the, the one thing I didn't like... The one thing I did see with the the 4 6 squad was the forwards. We never we always had an issue with the forwards because Paul Litter would always bury them in the qualifying against Liechtenstein, Luxembourg. I mean, I remember he had two goals against Holland. Um, but other than that, it never really in tournaments never really did it. We had to get it from midfield, you know, from like a Manish, from the wingers like Figu, um, subs like Rogosta, uh Nun Gomes was also that that sub that would come in and near 2004 played second of scoring. Uh, I believe it was four goals, right? Um, two in the, two against England, uh, one against Turkey, or no, two against Turkey. So he had five goals, five goals. And then Cliver became leading goal scorer because they destroyed uh, Yugoslavia like eight zero seven zero. So Nun Gomes was that did help out coming off the bench, having a striker like that scored that 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 goal that we really needed last game of the group one zero outside of the box on Casillas to for us to go into the knockout stages of the Euro to play against England. So, I think with this current squad, Scalotti would win <laughs> the World Cup in 06 uh, if he had this squad that we got now. I mean, look at the studs that we have. You have João Felix, Bernardo, um, v- uh, Moutinho, Ruben Dias, Concello. The right backs were stacked. Left backs, I mean, we got Mario Rui, but Mario Rui's in and out with uh, Napoli. He's probably going to be making a move. Rafael Guerrero. But we actually got some forwards now compared to that 2004-2006 team. You know, we got Diogo Jota, um, Cristiano, if you put him as a, as a forward. Felix is more kind of like a false nine, second striker. Uh, they, they, I don't really like him as a as a winger, but Francis is adamant about putting him as a winger. Fran Sanchez likes putting Gonzalo Ginja as a, as a forward. I don't fucking get it. But, I mean, look at all these players. You're not playing in, out, out in France right now. He's actually doing really well for Lille. Um, I just think this, this current team now is a lot better than this other, the older team that you know I was in love with. I mean, I still am in love with. But this current team now, I think, would beat the 2004-2006 team. With Scalotti as their coach. With Fernando Sanchez as their coach, I don't think so. <laughs> but um, that's that's my take on that. I just hope Portugal will go forward this year, but it's going to be difficult. But, I mean, if we get third place, we'll be through the group, so that's all right. Uh, all right, guys, so a bit of a mini episode. Uh, I just wanted to get the episode out since, you know, we had taken a break for the month, uh, a month before the holiday, uh, well, two, a month and a half for the holiday. So we just wanted to get an episode out, even if I had to record by myself, just because we, um, you know, we just want to keep putting it out there. So we, we're not missing a week. Uh, we'll be back next week, guys. Um, Fabi should be here. Uh, it'll be a lot more funner <laughs> than me being like a crazy person while the AFC championships on. So, uh, guys, love you. Uh, again, shoot us any topics. We are on uh, every platform: Soccer Dads FC, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. 
SoundCloud. So thank you guys and good night.